What's up, everyone? This is Angelo coming at you with episode 219 of Spinning Thoughts. Our special guest is Vile, and they have a new album dropping on July the 30th via Get Better Records. It's titled Loudmouth, and it's 12 tracks of hard-hitting punk indie, little bit of pop in there, and just really it's dynamic, unique, and it's kind of exciting. If you're into what we do here at Spinning Thoughts, these long-winded conversations with your favorite bands, make sure you hit the like button. It does help. And if you're new here at Spinning Thoughts, make sure you're subscribed with the notifications so you never miss a thing. We're going to dive right into this conversation that I had with Katie, KT, Kate, and Taylor of Vile. Everybody get excited because I sure am. All right, I am so excited for my guests here in episode 219. We've got Katie, KT, Kate, and Taylor from Vile. Friends, how's it going today? It's good. Yeah. Congrats on pronouncing all of our names right. You did great. <laughs> I, I, I swear, I, I probably practiced it a few times heading into this, but uh, it's because I care, right? That you got to put in the, the effort beforehand, so I'm glad I nailed it. <laughs> And glad that all four of you are here today. We're heading into a really exciting, intense week for, for all of you and, and the fans and friends and just the, the outer circles of Vile. So the band is about to release the new full-length album, Loudmouth, via Get Better Records. It's 12 songs littered with creative diversity, excellent instrumentation, and thought-provoking lyrics. At the time of this taping, we've got about five days until it hits. The whole world's going to hear it. So, I mean, how are you feeling? Just give me some of the candid thoughts right now. Excitement. Nervous. Hype. <laughs> I like that it's just one word answers right now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot all at once. And this is definitely the biggest project that I have ever been involved with and oh, yeah. yeah i don't want to speak on everyone's behalf i'm not sure what y'all are up to <laughs> in your free time but <laughs> yeah this is definitely like the biggest thing i've ever been involved with so it's just like nerve-wracking but also like i feel confident that we have something good on our hands so you know we'll see how it goes <laughs> there's been a lot of buzz and we'll talk about some of those avenues that you engage with that buzz. I know mean, TikTok is big for the band uh, and other social media too. There is a big buzz and there's a lot of bands like in this DIY circle like Pink Shift that we'll talk about a little bit later. Jiraiya who just dropped an insane nine track EP I think they're saying it is. Yeah. Um, so you're all like right in this scene and all this is happening right now. It's really an exciting time. Um, give some perspective here. I'm not familiar with the timeline of Loudmouth. Uh, I, I talk to a lot of artists and we're still in this weird time frame where we're getting products of the pandemic, whether it was right before it or maybe, be, you know, without anything else to do, bands are recording music, right? How, what was the timeline of Loudmouth and when was it like written, recorded? Give, give us some semblance to that. Well, we started uh, writing some of the songs actually a very long time ago. Some of the songs on Loudmouth are older than some Grow Up songs that we have already out. Um, so that started way back then, but um, we went and recorded all of them in January, right? December 2020, December, January, January this year. Oh, okay. Awesome. 
So you straddled, you know, the two years, like heading into still a lot of uncertainty with this album. What was, uh, where did you all record? And what was that experience like in, in the studio? We recorded um, at a small, like, apartment turned studio um, with Henry Stair from Slow Pulp um, over in Chicago. And it was actually very fun. We uh, got to drive out there and uh, stay there while we recorded. Um, it was a really interesting experience. Sorry, there's a cat to the <laughs> left of me eating some catnip, and I was <laughs> checking it out. <laughs> I was just going to say uh, that it was the first time that I'd been in, like, a studio and so it was just like very cool experience on that end um yeah awesome and it, i mean is there anything from the studio that really like stays with you all anything like maybe a song that really pushed you or like challenged you in the studio i know that it, it can be a little intimidating he heading into a studio regardless of of the time frame of being with these songs or with the band is there any moments to kind of stand out from that experience we were in the studio for like two full weeks. Wow. Um, so being away from home, I think, is the first aspect. I think all four of us are kind of homebodies. Uh, so we uh, like haven't toured at all together. So I think it was the first experience of all four of us kind of going out of town and staying with each other on this little like mini vacation slash like, I suppose, work trip. Um, a specific song, though, that gave us a little bit of trouble was actually 21. We just like heard the song in our head but every time we tried to like uh record it it was just like not quite what we were picturing I remember that one like making us like genuinely really frustrated at times because we just couldn't get it right yeah this it's sort of like an open song where you can hear exactly what each of us are doing and if they didn't line up perfectly we were like it's not right <laughs> <laughs> we had to record and re-record and ask Henry to do some movie magic sometimes and yeah it was a struggle that one kind of in a similar vein I asked this question a lot because I think the dynamic is, is kind of cool you know there, there's these songs in the studio that can push artists to you know go out of their comfort zone and then I think that there's also songs that whether they push you or not like in reflection you're like damn that you know that that's pretty damn cool. Is there what what song if there are any? Do you, do you look back on you're like well, I'm like really just stoked how that one turned out. So many of them feel like that <laughs> so to me. Many. Yeah. yeah, all of them. Specifically for me, I don't know. Um, the one that I remember recording like the most is Vodka Lemonade. Oh yeah, just because it was the first song we recorded. Yeah, and we added the the trumpet part and just. I don't know that memory is burned into my skull for myself I think it was thumb just because it's so different from anything mm -hmm. we have like really put out before um it's like very vibey and it's a lot closer to music I usually listen to on like a more regular basis not that I don't listen to punk stuff but I I do listen to a lot of like cool like vibey stuff and like uh, I think thumb really was a fun thing to record because I've never been up able to record a song like that uh and kt wrote the hell out of that song so well congratulations because i was actually just going to mention thumb i've been lucky enough to get the album in advance and through a couple playthroughs thumb is like my standout track right now um it caught me the most off guard um i had uh clever girls on a few months ago and there's a song called woman on their new album constellations 
that blew me away when I first was just listening to it. The guitar comes in. It almost sounds like out of tune you know? Um, that's kind of what Thumb did for me is I was just like listening and just kind of vibing with, with the album. That song, I was like, wow, that's a cool one. So, t- I mean, talk to me about that song maybe a little bit more. I mean, what any kind of inspirations behind that? It does seem like it is a little bit different than some of the vibes on the album, but uh, I also feel like this could be a pathway to some new music. Who knows? I mean, talk to me more about that particular track and the vibe. Um, I guess... I was kind of similar to Taylor. I listened to both punk and a lot of like softer indie stuff. Um, and I've always wanted to write a song like that. So I took I took a lot of inspiration from like my favorites, Rex Orange County and Sydney Gish and a bunch of other people. But um, yeah, I don't know. I've just, I've always really been into the more indie, slow kind of, um, vibey music and i just wanted to give a shot at it i feel like this album experiments a ton Uh, i mentioned in the intro like it there's a lot of creative diversity in it i remember watching live your music video um for violet and in the roller rink and in the verses like when it like really chop gets really choppy like um toward the end of the verses uh, I just, I can't get over it to this day. It really catches me off guard every time. It's so unique. And I mean, I think easily a band could have just kept with the regular like flow of that verse and go into the course, but like that just changes it up, makes it so much more dynamic. So uh, lots to be excited about here. I think I'm geeking out slightly on the album. So we'll, we'll change gears slightly. Um, the band is releasing Loudmouth via Get Better Records. This is a label that's truly killing it right now. And a lot of people should be paying attention. I'm always keeping my eyes on what they're doing. It's really how I found Vile is because I'm into Get Better Records. So talk to me about how Vile got linked up with Get Better and also expand on what it's been like working with them on this specific release with Loudmouth. It has been so awesome to work with Get Better. Just like we have so much love for them. Um, we got in touch with them through our managers, actually, uh, Heather's Artist Management. And um, we had, you know, it had been a solid six to eight months into the pandemic. So we were kind of just vibing at that point realizing (laughs) that it wasn't going away at any point soon and we kind of just had to readjust and refigure things out and so we recorded loudmouth um demos of loudmouth and sent them around and they our manager set up a meeting with alex and um it was just like an instant like connection um we just vibed really well uh we really like the ethos behind get better and they're like community-based art versus like a competition, like somebody's got to get to the top and be the best. It's more just kind of like growing as a group and it's really cool. And since then, I mean, it's been a great time. I think we couldn't have made Loudmouth without like all of their help, like the amount of work that they like put into it, fucking insane. Um, And yeah, they're just, they're really cool. (laughs) They are. And again, like, their social media presence is excellent. I love how they balance between promoting their bands and the music, but also saying things that need to be heard um, and not being afraid to speak out against, you know, maybe or speak out on touchy subjects that maybe others shy away from. So lots to look at with Get Better and the roster over there. Uh, 
Um, the band has three three pre-release singles. Are you guys releasing one more this week? No. So we okay. So we have the three going into the album. Uh, we've got Violet, Roadkill, something more. Um, of the of the twelve that are on Loudmouth, can you guys talk to me about? why these three were chosen. I've listened to all 12 now. I think they're excellent choices. Not that my opinion even matters, but I mean, why, why did the four of you, maybe you didn't have much of a choice on it. I don't know. Why were these three picked? I think that the psychology sometimes behind how bands want to represent their music before the whole product is released is, is pretty intriguing. What was the story for you? So uh, we really waited in for a while to like figure out what the singles were. We had been talking about that while we were writing and like demoing and stuff like that. But we always knew that we just wanted to wait until we heard the final product and then we would decide. And I think that we knew that we wanted one on the more punk side and one on the more indie side just to kind of show the like range that you're going to experience in the album. And so I think that we all knew that Roadkill was going to be one of the singles when we wrote it pretty much yeah that one just kind of stuck there um all of the all of the songs on the album have been told to us that they could be a single Mm -hmm. so it was very hard to pick (laughs) was there one that was like in fourth place because obviously we have three like was there a fourth place one like what would have been the fourth single if we were releasing one can you answer that we had a few in mind um but we had to choose a like promotional song for the album that you pitched at playlists and stuff so that's kind of like the fourth single and that one was planet drool oh cool which is the third song in the album and pretty punk sounding Absolutely. Um, Red Eye, the distributor that works with Get Better Records, um, came back to us like a couple weeks before month, no weeks before like the album cycle started. And they were like, you should do a third single. (laughs) And you're like, we already have the two. We have the album art. We've got the music videos. Like we put the little bow on top and then we were like, okay, let's do a third single. Why not? Yeah. Chose something more for that one. Yeah. So, and, and on the topic then of these three pre-release singles, and we kind of alluded to this, there is a visual attached to all three as well, which is just amazing. Um, we've got Roadkill with an animation, Violet uh, shot in the roller skating rink, and uh, truly it's one of my favorite music videos of the summer. Just excellent all around. And then something more, that um, this is the most recent, and correct me if I'm wrong, this was directed in-house by Katie, right? Hmm. awesome i mean congratulations so i'm and looking in the credits of all these videos there's a lot of people involved it seems like there's a good team good group of friends um i would encourage everybody to check out these videos and look at the the people involved and you can mention them if you want um but just talk to me about this like how do you get all of this together whether it's katie working on something or bringing in a director and doing like a full-on shoot i'm sure you had to rent out that roller skating rink and stuff like talk to me about these three music videos and animation like going completely outside of the realm what's it been like like how did you do it um it was very fun to like figure out and like come up with all of the ideas and go through the music videos Um, We knew that we wanted at least one animated music video because we have just been seeing people do the coolest shit with like animated music videos. So um, 
And then once we knew kind of what our singles were going to be, we knew that roadkill would go well with that like animated style that allows us to kind of do things that we wouldn't be able to do in a normal <laughs> music video. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how we got on that track for roadkill. Um, but the animator, I couldn't think of the right word, and <laughs> Goldstein did a fucking fantastic job. And they took like a lot of like creative license. We kind of gave them like four things that we wanted to see and a general idea. And then they took it and ran and it was very great. Mm-hmm. Katie, can you talk more about, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Katie, can you talk more about like taking the directing role in one of these videos and what that was like? Yeah, sure. So like we said, we originally had two music videos, two singles, and we were, we budgeted out for those two singles. <laughs> And then we're like, we really want this third one to have a music video. So that means that we got to do it ourselves. And I've had uh, video experience in the past. It was my job in high school to do some editing work. And uh, KT's partner, Bryson, is a photographer. And so they were the cinematographer for this project. And it was really exciting for me to be able to get back into editing a little bit because it's been a while since I have been able to do that or do a full project like a music video. So it was really exciting. It was kind of stressful to to have to direct these these (laughs) tunes and it was hot outside and they're like, we want to be all done. I was like, we have a few more shots to do. (laughs) I got so sunburned that day. Me too. (laughs) We all had to get ice cream afterwards because it was just a lot. Well, well-deserved ice cream as well. And, and Katie, I'm sorry, I did interrupt you before I asked Katie that question. Oh, you're good. I was just going to go into the Violet stuff. Violet, uh, Violet uh, we actually had a director reach out to us, Yasha Ka, um, and she really wanted to work with us uh, in some regard. Um, and we checked out some of her work and we kind of fell in love. And so we reached back out and, um, sorry, I'm, I'm joining. <laughs> <laughs> um, we reached back out and got in touch and um, we made them like a full Pinterest board or something um, to like work off of for like ideas and whatnot. Um, I think the only thing that was like, for sure certain was that it was going to be like a woman loves woman music video. Um, and uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. Can you jump in, please? We, when we were first going around on like what we wanted it to be, um, we wanted it to be cute and romantic. And we had like the idea of like a bunch of different dates that these two would like go on in like a dream sequence or something i don't know we got really into it we had a very detailed in-depth plan and yasha was like this is really cool let's just do it at the roller rink and then (laughs) rock around that and which honestly turned out fantastic Uh great stuff and it allowed us to do the dream sequence in something more so like um but she helped us like narrow it down and then it was just i mean smooth sailing i've never been a part of like a super professional like music video production and that was one of them and that was really fun yeah. um 
Yeah. We've never been able to just turn over the reins to someone who knows what they're doing <laughs> and just chill. It was so fun. And Yasha did amazing work on it. It came out perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I said, one of my, and we're talking about Violet here, one of my favorite music videos of the summer. Real quick, I think it's KT. Did you almost fall at the beginning of that video for real? Uh, yes. <laughs> like, I right? The, the sequence at the very beginning, right? Like, it, was that like you almost legitimately fell? Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know why Yasha used that take. I think that, <laughs> I think that she hates me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was funny. And I did almost fall, but I didn't. And that's the important part. Yeah, exactly. Everybody I, kept the composure. And I feel like that's like what bands do, you know, on stage, you know, somebody misses a beat or a note, you just keep going. Right. And and so even in the music video, that persistence prevails. So I absolutely love it. Um, we've been talking about these three pre-release singles. There's nine others that have yet to be released, but they are going to be available on July the 30th via Get Better Records. Is there a track, I, I know I'm, these questions are somewhat similar, but they are different slightly. Is there a track you're looking forward to the masses hearing out of the other nine the most? Hmm. To like see feedback or like how they react. Or like to me, I'd think that Thumb could maybe be one of them just because of how different it is. Like, again, that could be cool just to see like, hey, if people are really vibing with this, like maybe this is something we look into a little bit more. I mean, is, is there anything like that for you all? Hmm. Um, it's definitely one of them, but for me, I'm super excited to see the reaction to Planet Drool because mm-hmm. it just goes so hard. Yep. Mm-hmm. We have a, we've been practicing it to perform live and every time we play it, it's just, the energy is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm personally really excited about Vodka Lemonade. Mm-hmm. I think the, uh, redacted solo, <laughs> um, uh, is really fun and out of our box. And um, I just also think that song, it just really goes hard. So I'm excited for that one. I love that song. I'm excited for all of previously mentioned <laughs> and also Ego Death, just because it has this like weird circusy vibe we've never gone into before. Um, it was the first song we all wrote as a group. We sat down and we were like, let's start from ground zero and make a, a banger. And that we did. So, or at least that we did, I hope so. Yes. So, I want to know what people think of Ego Death being the very first thing that they hear. Yeah. Because I think it's going to punch them in the face. That's a very good point. And, and that one, I mean, other, th- I mean, Thumb did catch me off guard just because of the vibe variance. But yeah, Ego Death does really. I mean, it hits hard. It's a great opening track. So from hearing from all four of you, what it sounds like is, is that this 12 track album is just going to hit all angles and all like genres and, and interests of people. It's dynamic. I keep saying it, but it really is. And I think there's something for everybody in it. So really, really excited. Uh, you, you all mentioned something about like starting to practice for live performances. I didn't do a ton of research into this area. I'm sorry. I'm just going to admit that up front. Do you guys have some stuff coming up? Like a show? I feel like I heard about a sold out show maybe soon. Like, can you talk to me about what's coming down the pipeline there? Yeah, we're playing an album release show at Fine Line on the 31st, the day after the album comes out. And that's what we've been practicing for recently. And we've got some guest artists coming in to play all the parts that we cooked up when we were recording, but didn't really think about how that was possible to play live (laughs) when there's only four of us. So yeah, we've got some guest artists coming in. We've been practicing. It's going to be really exciting. 
Yeah, we're super excited. It sold out at 650 cap. And that's never really Ooh. been a thing for us before. When we went into uh COVID, we were thank you. Yeah, when amazing. we went into COVID, we were playing house shows almost like uh exclusively. Exclusively, yeah. thank you. <laughs> the word was not coming. Um yeah, we were playing house shows almost exclusively. So I think it's just really strange for our first show back to be at like a venue that's associated with First Avenue, which is a super iconic Minnesotan venue. And to have sold it out like weeks before the show, I think it's just all very surreal. I don't know if it's set in yet. I don't really know if I want the setting because I'm going to start peeing my pants. So, yeah, <laughs> just not going to let it sit in, nope. set in until we're already on stage. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when we're going to pee our pants. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> okay, like, poor, poor time to pee your pants. On. Poor time? I say it's optimal timing. Optimal. <laughs> optimal. When it's on stage, every anything goes, I guess. Um, yes. Yeah. So I, I just don't want to like have that... Uh, reputation of being the <laughs> piss themselves on stage band we're already the piss band we already do a piss chant you're right but i don't want it to be real yeah <laughs> gotta keep it a little bit suspended i guess you don't want it to enter the actual reality realm i get it um yeah. so let's let's add on to all this excitement because there's even more um besides like sold out shows album release shows a 12 track album uh, there's uh there's a lot of merch that's being dropped with this too i mean really beautiful looking merch now uh those who are listening to this or i, I guess watching this um anybody who's ever watched spinning thoughts you guys know i am big into vinyl huge into vinyl huge vinyl nerd and i gotta say the vinyl pressing for loudmouth is just beautiful i'm a big splatter fan anyways like that's one of my favorite um variants so it's it's one i have my eyes on and um I, I really I, I think everybody should be looking at it on top of the vinyl though there's other merch like shirts stickers and from what I'm seeing like handmade earrings ah, it's amazing um I'm just I'm curious actually do any of oh you have some yes you put it yeah, I have them the all here we make them in how at, at, at my apartment um and then we ship them out to our distributor so they are handmade by us yeah <laughs> can you get it up to the screen real quick um just like close those up those are just eyelids <laughs> One moment. I got you. Yeah, I really want to. I was really impressed with. I saw them on the website. They looked really awesome amongst all the other merch. I didn't realize it was in house, but. Yeah, we've been I making mean, earrings for a while. Oh, have you? Start, we used to make little vial earrings, like little tiny vials that were filled with green dish soap. Oh, no way. But they're not good for shipping because they spill. <laughs> so here are the roadkill earrings. They're two little cars, and then there's a tooth and a bone. Wow. We also hand draw all of the earring cards. Um, here is the uh, violet earrings. They are little flowers with violet beads. Um, again, with a hand-drawn card. And then we have the something more earrings, which are these little skateboards. Oh my God. I love those. Um, they come in all sorts of colors. Here are the other colors that we have. So they're literally like pinks and reds and blues and purples. They're very fun. That is sick. And and again, this is all in-house. Like anybody who wants to be one of the biggest things in, in the music community is the community part of it. And that's something that Vile does very well. And I didn't even know about the earrings. So that, but it's like the it's the hands-on like approach, even again, the backing, hand drawing it, like that is so cool. No wonder um, 
a lot of people are digging vile because you're going the extra mile um, and and really putting a personal touch on it. So, all right, we, we've proven that there's all kinds of merch and stuff like that. I, I am curious, though, on the topic of, of the vinyl, are any of you four into collecting vinyl at all? Like, does this vinyl drop mean anything crazy to you like that? I, to me, I'd be freaking out if a band I was in was dropping vinyl. It'd be insane. I don't have a huge collection, but I do have a record player and a few vinyls, and I'm very excited to get ours in the mail. Uh-huh. We have more styles coming to beyond the one that's currently out. Ooh. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, I do have a vinyl collection. My stack is about this big right now, but I am moving. I don't know if you can, everything's empty behind me. So they're all in boxes. Otherwise I would bring it over, but. I'm going to buy a vinyl player specifically because we have a vinyl and I'm <laughs> so excited to play it and hear it. My record player is broken right now because uh, my stupid cat knocked it off the table. <laughs> um, Jenny. Yes. But yeah, I don't have a huge collection. Most of the records that I have are actually just my dad's um, from when he was a kid that he needed to get rid of because he had like <laughs> 300 or whatever. And we, my, we were like, no, we need to get rid of these. And I was like, I'll take them. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> Yeah, so excited to put something from the 21st century in there. <laughs> that's really cool, though. That's how I started my collection was like my parents had a collection and, you know, I got like the Who and Zeppelin and the Doors and Mamas and Papas and Lou Reed and the Velvet Underground and everything. Uh, and then that just turned me on to the bands that I was listening to in the early 2000s and, and all the way to now. And really, bands are pushing the envelope in terms of what vinyl is, like the the sound, the quality, the pressings, uh, doing multiple pressings. Bands are selling out like crazy with vinyl. Um, we Are the Union is just one of the brightest examples of this. Read, and uh, I mean, uh, Ordinary Life is my favorite album of this year so far, and I uh, that's not without considering Loudmouth yet because it technically hasn't dropped yet. But um, no worries. Like Ordinary Life, what are they on? Like, um, or We Are the Union with Ordinary Life. They're on like pressing six. They're selling out like crazy, you know? So good. We love them. Uh -huh. Do you? Oh, yeah. They're our best friends. <laughs> they, they're, um, they're doing this amazing um, New Year's Eve show uh, that I just saw that's like being sold out like crazy. I think it's in Detroit um, with uh, Catbite, who's dropping a new album on August 6th, and that's going to be insane, right? It's cool that, you know, we all know the same kind of music, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of DIY people know each other, especially since the pandemic. We all know each other around the country because we all had to switch to social media. Yeah. Very made true. friends. I just wanted to toss in a tiny We Are the Union moment. So Please. we're like friends with We Are in the Union and Jer. And so like I remember there was like a solid week um where every time I like refreshed my Twitter, it was like a new We Are the Union pressing because they had sold <laughs> yeah. out of the last one. And so I just remember going, Oh, another one. Ooh, another one. Ooh, another one. And very fun stuff. Maybe they're why we have such a big sh vinyl shortage in America. Right. <laughs> How yeah, dare can, they? We can thank Bad Time Records and We Are the Union. And even crazier now, cassettes are on a shortage. You know, cassettes were skyrocketing because of the vinyl shortage. And, and now those are gone too. What else? What else is the world going to take from us? Get away. <laughs> See? Uh, Next, we're going to have a... Meeting. Yes, CDs. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. We'll see about that. Now, um, we're, we're talking about the DIY scene and, and how, you know, I guess a lot of people know each other and support each other. And a lot of the research that I've been doing um, before interviewing all of you, I, I noticed often you mentioned being excited by Pink Shift and Jiraiya 
and I'm excited by both of them. Uh, Saccharin, I have uh, uh, the, the vinyl on pre-order from them. I'll wait three years for it. I don't care how long that one takes. You know what I mean? Um, and Pink Shift and Vile, how you guys blend. You know, like the the sound is there for sure. Um, I think all of these artists really epitomize though the creativity in the community. And just pushing the envelope a little bit further for the next wave, right? Holding people accountable, using music as a voice to really push a message instead of just pushing, you know, you know, something self-serving, I guess. What's it like um, for you all to be part of that community? And what's your approach to like adding something outside of the music to it? Like, what's your goal there, I guess, if you have one? I think that outside of the music, I mean, it is extremely important to like build this community, build these people that we like know and that we support and that support us. And, um, you know, it's, it's DIY. There are not a lot of like label involvement. There's not a ton of money going around. Like, you know, we are all creating this music because we have that passion for it. And it is so validating to be just like surrounded by those people who also have that kind of like, I don't care if this like, you know, if I'm never going to become like a millionaire or whatever off of like making music, I just want to make music. And like, it's such a good feeling. And like, it also, you know, I think during the pandemic, the DIY scene had a lot of um, moments that really brought the entire scene into like, you know, a new light, a lot of things that had previously been ignored and not as talked about. And like, what I especially love is um, just like the explosion of bands that like, refuse to not talk about it anymore. And like, the explosion of bands um, from like, marginalized groups that are just like, taking over the scene now. And so like, you mentioned Jirai and Pink Shift freaking fantastic love them so much i also just want to really quickly uh give just like a little rundown hoity-toity fucking oh, fantastic. oh yes victoria vark i uh, i like found out about them like a couple months ago and oh my gosh great stuff and they're uh-huh. even running i think some of like the social media for refresh records which is an amazing oh yeah, yeah. they just started working there yep they're a killer um in the morning in the morning yes a guilt uh from florida oh. they have some great hardcore stuff like nightlife, nightlife? Yeah. oh nightlife just dropped some stuff uh-huh oh yep. my gosh sorry i'm just i'm, I'm getting <laughs> really excited good. about this too <laughs> it's amazing i mean I, I feel like we could just keep going and going and going and naming these bands that are <laughs> that are just really killing it and it's so exciting right now and it's giving Again, it feels like it's just giving opportunity to so many other bands to do the same thing that maybe would have would have never heard from, you know, uh, which is a shame. But I'm glad that now we're in a place. Lots of movement still needs to be done, but I'm just glad to see that we're heading in that direction. Um, Pink Shift, Jariah. I think you you all talk also about is it the Gully Boys? They're from your the same area as you all and everything. So uh, I implore the the listeners of Spinning Thoughts to go show some love to everybody that we just mentioned for sure. Lots of great music to to be found there. Um, as we're winding down here in episode two nineteen, I've really enjoyed the conversation. Um, the band is really um, present and and engaging on TikTok. Um, with spinning thoughts, I'm trying my best to do the TikTok thing. I see people do great at it. I see people struggle like myself. Uh, Vile does great at it. Uh, and it's really impressive to look at the engagement numbers that you all have and just the creativity. I think 
I'll let you speak about it, but just my outside perspective is the band does a lot on there besides just push the music. I mean, you still find ways to layer it in there, but you do a lot of just goofy, fun, you know, stuff outside. It kind of shows the personality of everybody in the band. Talk to me about um, why TikTok is such an important aspect. It seems important um, to the band, how you utilize it and, and just any advice maybe you would give to like a to an Angelo at Spinning Thoughts to do a little bit better with TikTok? So, oh, sorry. No, you go ahead. Oh, cool. Um, I actually just graduated college with a degree in music business. So it was it's really important for me to like engage my like business brain and like new avenues. And when the pandemic started and shows kind of stopped, I found myself really bored uh, personally without having like any creative outlets for this band to like, uh, I guess, noodle on. Nothing to promote, no shows to promote. Yeah. And like, we were still at that point, a year and a half away from our release that's coming this week. <laughs> so we were like, uh, what do we do? And TikTok was doing like pretty good by this point um, for like, in terms of like, this is when like Charlie D'Amelio was kind of blowing up. And so um, personally, I thought it would be kind of fun if we just started making like goofy little videos. And then uh, we learned how to do it, like better lighting, what times to post, what hashtags to use to get the best, like um, to reach the people that we wanted to talk to. And I think by that, um, once you reach the first pool of people that matches your interests and your vibe, uh, it just kind of goes from there. They show other people and people uh, comment with each other and uh, will send it to their friends. And I think it's a really beautiful community for like sharing and like uh, dispersal of information. It's really cool. Yeah, I think it is the greatest thing about it is how much we can now like both grow our audience and like communicate and have fun with our audience. Um, yeah. It's just a fun little platform. We try to just make stuff that we think is fun or funny uh, because if we make different kind of stuff, if you can tell it's not fun, it's not as engaging. Um, so we just sort of make stuff that we think is fun and that seems to do pretty good. We always try and tie it back into the music. But one thing that we've noticed with TikTok is if you're like deliberately pushing something, deliberately promoting something, it won't do anything. It just disappears. Not actually, but like TikTok it makes it disappear. Yeah. It <laughs> might as well sneaky. disappear. Yeah. <laughs> and I know we talked about Jer earlier. Jer seems to be somebody who right now has some frustrations with TikTok and yeah. their their content being buried or shadow banned. And it's crazy because they do great work. They're all over the place. And, you know, they're they're featured in how many albums, right? and create great content and then it's lost in the mix there. Do, do you all feel any kind of frustration like that with TikTok right now? Oh yeah, we've been shadow banned more than once. Have yeah, it's definitely frustration on our end, but I think, I don't know, I think we have it kind of easy compared to a lot of the BIPOC creators that are on there that, and just any marginalized creator that is just getting shadow banned or their accounts are getting removed for nothing, for doing nothing. So we have it relatively easy on TikTok, honestly. Yeah, TikTok has very cool app, great way to meet like and start conversations, but it has a lot of problems with its algorithm, 
um, and stuff. Like I know that we've experienced getting like shadow banned because we've talked about being queer in a TikTok. And I know that Jared does so much work with like, um, like activism and like spreading information and also being like a BIPOC creator. So they just, I feel, I'm very angry for them. I, yeah. TikTok's guidelines are completely unclear. There's nothing in written in the guidelines. I've read these guidelines hundreds of times just because when we get shadow banned, I'm like, for what? Why? <laughs> and it, it, it won't tell you uh, when you're shadow banned, it will just do it. And shadow banning lasts for exactly 14 days um, up until the hour. So you can tell when it happens because at, at the hour that it's, it stops, all of a sudden all your views just like go right back up. But it's at midnight right there. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's definitely, the platform has a lot of flaws in that there's no explicit community guidelines against activism and queer folks and BIPOC folks, yet the algorithm uh, really snuffs out any of that information and those conversations, so. Yeah, a uh, funny story just about shadow banning. We actually, uh, so we had a TikTok that went pretty viral. I think it was our first TikTok to get like a million watches or whatever. And um, it was just like, yeah, I'm a little, yeah, I'm a little, like Hayloft playing, just like subtle queer references. Subtle queer references. And we got shadow banned for it. (laughs) And um, we were in Chicago um, and Taylor had just like mapped out, oh yeah, it's 14 days down to the direct hour, hacker mode. And so we were watching it because we all four were together. And uh, th- we like posted a video when we thought it was going to be over, but didn't realize it went all the way to midnight. <laughs> and then the next day, that video and then the next two that we posted all went viral again. And so like you could so deliberately just like <laughs> see the like we went from like a million views to like 14 views, 50 views, 30 views for like two weeks. And then it was like 30,000 views. And it's like. <laughs> That is super frustrating because, you know, a lot that I hear from bands right now is like there's almost like this and I don't get this vibe from Vile because, again, you all seem to have fun doing this. You're all together usually in these videos. A lot of times you see bands and there's one person in the band that's doing this. That could be daunting for somebody to always be that person in front of the camera. Um, It it just it, it seems frustrating because. It feels like a lot of bands have to, whether it's TikTok or Instagram or whatever, always be present, always be creating content, always be fighting for, you know, engagement. Um, so hopefully there's there's just a better way that TikTok can go about it. I know that a lot of people, like you said, a lot of marginalized communities, people in those communities are being targeted here. Um, what are other ways, though, that people... Obviously, TikTok's a big one for you. I'm sure Vile's everywhere else. Where where do you like to, to engage with your fans other than TikTok? Instagram is a lot of fun. Instagram, we're on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We yeah. like to do live street lives on Instagram sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like the day Roadkill came out, Taylor's car broke down. And so we did a live <laughs> Instagram live in the parking lot of Michael's. Uh, that's right. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> it, it's... um. Again, that's a, not a great situation, but you take a situation that's not great and you, you still have a little bit of fun with it, you know. Um, there, there's lots to love about your band and, and the music and what you all are creating. Um, what, As we're winding down here then, uh, I guess this is probably my last official question. What other plans does the band have for 2021? Uh, maybe in terms of supporting this album. I've heard in other interviews that there's other things that you all are getting into. I'll let you speak to that if you want to. 
So we've got the show at the fine line. That's the big thing. That's all my brain can focus on. If I try and think like past that, I'll explode. But I'm going to try and do that and not explode. But um, after that, I know, um, smart. Thank you. Um, I know that we have a show with Maya Lucia at uh, First Avenue, 7th Street Entry, which is going to be really exciting. They're bringing in a guest guitarist from one of like our collectively favorite bands, Daisy and the Scouts. And so like, super fun i know we're gonna try and play as many shows as we can um and then the big focus is trying to get touring and trying to tour yeah we didn't get to do that before the pandemic we had like a weekender and then like a two-week tour planned for like april and june of 2020 and it was really good timing (laughs) yeah it was perfect was that the one with origami angel was that or no we opened for them on their Minneapolis leg of their tour, uh, which was really fun. But I would love to tour with Gami, uh, but has not happened yet. 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 Yeah. Who else? We're still writing. Mm-hmm. Always, we're always writing. Yeah. So maybe some announcements soon. Who knows? Yeah. Know. Maybe. I mean, I think that there probably could be some stuff in the pipeline. And from talking to you all earlier, right? Like you were saying, this timeline of Loudmouth. I mean, you, you have some songs from even prior to the first release, right? So I... I you know, I, I don't know how many people think that, you know, bands just write literally in the moment that, you know, is heading for the next release. I think it's amazing to bridge together these different time frames, time stamps of life and create a collection out of it. That's where you get that dynamic sound that Vile has. Um, friends, before we say goodbye, is there anything else that you would like to add? Anything else that you would like to correct um, that maybe I messed up along the way uh, to our listeners and fans? What? You just always have stuff to add if there's something to add. Oh. <laughs> Listen to us on Spotify. Uh, we're vile. You're going to hear twelve or 9 to 12 brand new songs in the next five days. So that's a good place to listen to it. Check out our stuff on Bandcamp. Um, Check out our merch on Get Better Records website. <laughs> Woo! And if you're in the UK, which I don't know if anybody is listening from the UK, but we're on Hassle Records website for merch and yeah. vinyls and stuff. Yeah, and uh, our handles on Twitter, everything that's not Instagram is at V-I-A-L band. And then on Instagram at V-I-A-L band official. There we go. Katie, KT, Kate and Taylor. Thank you so much for being here for episode 219 of Spinning Thoughts. The best number. The best number. (laughs) Once again, I want to thank Katie, Kate, KT, and Taylor from Vile for being here for episode 219 of Spinning Thoughts. Loudmouth drops on Friday, July the 30th via Get Better Records, and you better go and get it because it's really good. 12 tracks, punk, indie, pop, a lot to say and a lot to love. Make sure you follow us on all social media at Spin Thoughts. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com, and we premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Make sure you hit the like button on your way out as it really does help. And if you're not already, please make sure you're subscribed with all the notifications so you never miss a thing. We'll be back again soon. Until next time, make sure you share music, spread love. 